for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. You're listening on 87.6, or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. Big shout out this morning to everybody listening from Sheffield, Tasmania on 88.0. Waikere, South Australia on 87.6. And Sale, Victoria on 90.3. What? 90.3. Why? Uh, all, All the other ones weren't available? Why not? We never say 90.3. Are they the only ones on 90.3? I believe so. I think so. When we're in South Queensland camp, I think we're on 90.7. Well, there's all these other numbers that I don't know about. But that only runs for one week of the year. I thought it was 87.6, I thought so too. Wow. 90.3. Okay. We're expanding. If you're listening on uh, 90.3 down there in sale... Give us a call. Let us know. 0491-064-669. Fantastic. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? While I'm leaving. and Oh, so i got something to be thankful for. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm leaving. I'm so glad. I wish I could say I'm never coming back, but I will be. Uh, it's Newcastle. You love Newcastle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, but um, I'm heading up to Brisbane. Well, I've got a few stops on the way. I'm going up to Byron today. Oh. And then to Brisbane. So I'm just I'm just living my best life. I'm just having the best time. That's disgusting. I don't think it should be allowed. <laughs> Byron Bay is like the most beautiful place in that's Australia. Right. That's right. That's where I'm going to stay tonight. And then going to hang out in Byron tomorrow and then head up to Brisbane the next day. This is a reminder you're, you're listening, listening to the, the Delayed Podcast, Podcast here on Faith, Faith FM. FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and Hit participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. How did Ehud kill Eglon? 0491-064-669. Is the number to call if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win our amazing God Cares two volume set, a verse by verse study on the books of Daniel and Revelation, which is incredibly needed because we are quickly approaching the end of time. And these books are all about the latter days. That's what the Bible says. And so 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. We'll give you these absolutely for free, provided you enter the draw and win them from the draw, provided you answer this question correctly. How did Ehud or Ehud kill Eglon? I could come up with a number of different answers. You could? I could. Mm-hmm. Don't give any of them away. They would all be correct, uh-huh. but one would be more correct. One would be funny. You know, it is a kind of a funny story it, in a really terrible kind of way. That's right. Yeah. It's, yeah, correct. All right. We've got to stop talking but about hey, this But hey, 0491 Lyle, there is a slew of interesting good stories that are, that are simultaneously controversial that I have here, but I'm like, oh, do I err on the side of controversial? Good I'm let's, not let's, sure. just go, let's just go controversial this morning. Okay, let's I've got a, I've got a positively different news story that is just is just good. Amazing. It's not controversial. Okay. It's just it's just fantastic. Okay, so you can do some controversy. This yeah, morning. President Joe Biden pardoning uh, everyone who was caught for drug possession of cannabis. All the non-violent offenders. 
Terrible so, idea. Ter- oh, terrible. Terrible idea. idea. Okay. Absolutely terrible idea. Why do you think so, Lars? Because this is a terrible drug. It does terrible things to people. Mm-hmm. I've got friends who have, you know, become very, very paranoid as the yes. use of, yep. as a result of using cannabis. Mm-hmm. It is. It brings nothing positive to society. It makes people dangerous on the road. It, if there was, you know, if it was doing some good for society, then yeah, maybe. But there is no positive to this, mm-hmm. and not only that, people say, "Oh, you know, it's a really mild drug. It's not that much worse than tobacco." Well, tobacco's bad enough. Yeah, right. We don't need to be encouraging people to go down this particular path. Mm-hmm. People are using it as a, a, an escape mechanism, mm-hmm. and of course, anything used as an escape mechanism just exacerbates the problem. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's nothing good about this drug. And not only that, what we're doing is we're sending a message to the public that recreational use of drugs is not a bad thing. Mm. And once people go down that path, it's very easy to go from nicotine to cannabis to whatever comes next and, uh, you know, end up on ice and meth and these kinds of you know, really hard drugs that com- really do completely destroy a person's life and turn them into psychopathic maniacs. Mm. So, no, this is never going to be a step in the right direction. This is not a good thing. People say, oh, you know, this drug. I mean, the other one that people argue, oh, ecstasy is just, you know, it's a very mild kind of a drug, doesn't do that much. Mm. Yikes. You know. <sighs> there have been plenty of people even, who have even, died from Even if ecstasy. that is the case, uh. these are gateway drugs. Mm-hmm. And we should not have a a attitude in our society that is ever okay to use substances as a means of recreation. Mm. So I guess for me, what I'm so interested in is the reporting on this story. And that is because the thing that I expressly want to know is were these people... Uh, dealing drugs like uh, when it says uh, so so there's an estimated 7,500 non-violent drug offenders who you know were caught in possession of cannabis that are said to be released and pardoned I'm just wondering are these guys drug dealers like that's the information that we don't have and that's what's not being reported on it's like because when it says like something like that it would be easy to think oh wait so these this is someone who had like a joint in his pocket and got caught but then i'm like but people don't go to jail for having joints in their pocket usually i mean it's a misdemeanor yeah it's usually a misdemeanor so i'm like are we just releasing drug deals? Which is very interesting because if you just think back uh, two years ago, back to... And I would say that a drug dealer is the most violent kind of that's drug person that there is. That's right. Uh, if Well, if you just think back two years ago in 2020, uh, Donald Trump at the time was saying that drug dealers should get the death penalty. Well, I don't believe in the death penalty, but I think they should get the equivalent thereof in life sentences. Because, yeah, like... And this is the thing that really worries me. It's like, oh, you know, cannabis is being legalized, so therefore we should, you know, let the people out. But I'm like, these people are people who make a living destroying other people's lives by selling drugs. Yeah, Uh, We're not talking about possession here, Mm -hmm. uh, like in, in the sense of like personal usage, because you can't get arrested and put in federal prison for that. We're talking about drug dealing mm-hmm. and and uh, and so i get extremely worried and again the optics around this this news and everywhere and and none of the news sites that are reporting on it mention this this fact of like oh who's actually being released which the only conclusion i can come to is 
drug dealers, which is a crime in which people should go to and stay in jail for. And I mean, you've got to remember that these are people, these, these are the kind of people who have the mindset of, I am going to break the law. Mm-hmm. These are people who chose to break the law. Mm-hmm. It would be different if they just legalise cannabis and then you have people who say, well, you know, that's now legal, so I'm going to now start a legitimate business mm-hmm. and do something that is legal. I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. I would still say you're peddling death, mm. but it's a different kind of person because this is a law-abiding person. What you are doing is you are letting people out who are criminals who chose to break the law. And, yes, yeah, simultaneously with all of that, like, I'm thinking the message that you're sending to these criminals is like, okay, you went to jail for drug dealing and now you're being let out of jail uh, and you're being pardoned. And basically you're, you're legitimizing the way of life that they lived. Yes. That it made them end up in jail. I'm all for people going to jail, being rehabilitated, and eventually yes. being let out of jail Absolutely. after rehabilitation. And the biggest key component to rehabilitation <coughs> is the acceptance from the offender that what they did was actually wrong and then trying to overcome it and change. Yes. But, you you know, we could have put offenders, drug dealers in prison, and they could have been going through that process. And it's like, I don't need to turn to a life of drug dealing because it's wrong, and it put me in jail and i can overcome and i can change and now you're saying to them actually your actions of selling drugs were okay you know what this is this is a very cheap way of buying votes ahead of the midterm elections it's exactly what Mm. it is these guys want a whole bunch of votes they know that the republic is about to take over both sides of the house Mm. and it's like okay how can we get all of those votes without spending any money and in fact we're going to get all these votes by saving money because these people who just let out jail are like i'll vote for i'll vote for these people because they just let me out of jail Mm. this is the cynic coming out of me right now yeah I feel buying it. votes and, and cheap votes. And then again, if we're talking about pardoning drug dealers here, what stops them from going and dealing illegal drugs when they get out of jail? It's like, Nothing. oh yeah, marijuana. It's it's not legal anymore. But again, these are people who aren't like they could have sold liquor. I don't know. I, I guess you need a license to sell liquor. But yeah, they they could have sold legal drugs, but they didn't sell legal drugs. They sold illegal drugs because it makes money. That's right. And then now they're like, oh, well, I'm going to go back to selling illegal drugs. Okay, what's the next one on the list that's illegal? Oh, it's heroin or ice ice, Meth. or something like that. So it, This is incredibly worrying. And, you know, this isn't uh, like I really I, I fail to see, you know, the narrative that people are pushing of, oh, this is, you know, uh, uh, people like the, the government stepping up and actually treating citizens well because their lives have been upended by such a minor offense. And da, 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 da. I fail. No, this to, is not a minor or, offense. Or it's, you know, people say, it, oh, this is the government combating racism because, you know, maybe the majority of offenders came from a certain background or whatever. It may. I'm like, no, that's not what this is. That's not what it's the, got this nothing is, to do with it. This this isn't good for anyone, and I'm I'm glad I'm not American. That's that's all I have to say right now. But hey, pray for the United States at at this point because it seems like they need it. Their country is just all over the place, and again, so polarized and going back and forth constantly. Yeah, again, two yeah. years ago, we're going to kill drug dealers. Now, oh, we're going to let all of them free. Like, yikes. Oof. 
Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder where our world's heading. Yeah, pray wow, for the United you, States. You really got to do the serious news this morning. <laughs> Good thing I got a positive one coming up. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and right now we are going to have our next clue for, well, the next question for the quiz. Apart from the thief next to him, who acknowledged Jesus as the Son of God while Jesus was on the cross? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our two-book set, God Cares, amazing studies and commentaries into the book of Revelation and Daniel. If you would like these, you have to enter the draw. To enter the draw, you have to answer these questions correctly. If you want any terms and conditions in regards to our quiz, you can do our faith, uh, faithfm.com.au website. But again, 0491 apart from the thief on the cross next to him, who acknowledged Jesus as the Son of God. Okay. You know the answer. You know the number to call. Interesting to see the records that have been broken as far as flooding in Australia has oh, been happening. Wow, uh, yeah. This, this uh, la, last La Nina has been the wettest on record so far, and it's not even close to being over yet. Uh, with Williamtown, just down the road from us right here in mm. Newcastle. Of course, the breakfast show comes out in Newcastle, recording 4.2 metres for this La Nina. That's a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. 4.2 that metres is of an incredible amount that is of rain. That's a lot of, lot of rain. Observatory Hill in Sydney recording 2.2 metres with cyclonic weather predicted for the summer. Mm. And so these are the wettest La Ninias that have ever been recorded, ever in the history of Australia since records started to be kept back in 1858. Mm. And all of that, of course, is a sign of the times. We should expect extreme weather. And we should expect more and more extreme weather. We should expect an increase in extreme weather the closer we get to the return of Christ. If we were not getting extreme weather, then we would be wondering whether Jesus really was coming soon or not. <laughs> ah, yeah, for sure. But we aren't having to wonder about that. The Bible is very, very clear on it. Okay, PayPal uh, tells users it's going to fine them $2,500 for thought crime. So if you have a PayPal account and you post the wrong thing on social media... <laughs> PayPal will remove $2,500. That is so insane. <laughs> nuts. That is so insane. <laughs> it's nuts. Okay, so this is... this Is Is there an example of this happening? I no, need no, no, to this know. Was, this was, this was just, just a, a brand policy new thing, a policy A policy update which got pulled down real fast. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, so the new policy in PayPal's fine print triggered a storm of outrage over apparent plans to impose... Uh, uh, starting in November 3, a uh, hefty fine of $2,500. Anytime one of its 429 million U consumers and merchants expressed what the corporate brass deems to be misinformation, in other words, something they disagree with. You can, like, get on Facebook and say, I hate garlic bread, and then they just take $2,500 away. That's crazy. If they see that, if they see that as being misinformation, <laughs> if they see that as being something that they disagree with... By Which they their, would, because garlic what, bread's amazing. By but. their definition, by the corporation's definition, you're done. They'll just take the money out of your account. Dude. It says, and, of course, they put it in the fine print, so it's when it's in the fine print, it becomes legal. They can do it. Yeah, wow. And, of course, I think, you know, in the context of, you know, 
the world at the moment in which people are just getting fired from their jobs for being Christian. Yes. Yikes. Uh, the former president, David Marcus, described it as insanity. He says, PayPal's new AUP goes against everything I believe in. A private company now gets to decide to take your money if you say something they disagree with. Mm. Uh, Dan Held, who is the former head of growth marketing for crypto exchange Kraken, says PayPal freezing funds for thought crimes is despicable. Mm. Uh, This, of course, has resulted in a lot of people cancelling their accounts as you can imagine. Mm. Anybody who likes to jump on social media and have their say about certain things, I think producer Shell got on there and cancelled hers in a very in, in a hurry, uh, we're starting to panic because it's just like, well, come November 3, we're just going to lose all of our money, mm. uh, which caused their shares to plummet. Now, their shares were already down 15% for this year. Yeah. They dropped another 6% instantly. Most tech companies, but yeah. They they have no platform to stand on to make. But when you're down fifteen percent, like okay, yeah, most tech companies they're down fifteen percent, and then they say something like this, <laughs> and it drops another six within hours. Yikes! It just falls off a cliff. Ah, uh-huh. so this sparked a very very quick backtrack on the rip on the part of PayPal. This is PayPal is not finding people for misinformation, and this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. We are sorry for the confusion this has caused. Mm. So, yes, when people stand up and do do things, like cancel their PayPal account, you know, pay, PayPal just got cancelled right there, uh, it does have an effect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering, you know, have you ever read the fine print when it says, you know, you could have that button, you know, um, do you agree with our policy when you're purchasing something? Have you ever read the fine print on anything that you've ever done on nah, that? I, I go into speed mode and just... Just swipe as quickly as, like, just scroll as quickly as pro- possible to get to the end and then click, yep. yeah. Yep. So I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. Agree, 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 yeah. agree, agree, agree. You never read the fine print. Never. Well, they just snuck this into the fine print and then said, oh, we put it there by accident. <laughs> you know, they know that nobody ever reads the fine print, but apparently somebody did or somebody leaked it. Uh-huh. And they thought they would get away with it, and now they got caught, and they're like, oh, we put it in there. But what a kind of an excuse. I really hope that. someone leaked it. I really yes, hope someone from did. the inside was just so against this. Okay, so I did say I was going to have some positively different news yeah. this morning. This, yes. is, this is epic. Uh, have you ever memorized a chapter of the Bible? Yeah. Which chapter? Revelation 12 and 13. Two chapters? Yeah. Nice. And Exodus 20. Three chapters? Yeah. I've memorized... James chapter one. I memorized my ch- chapters. Don't okay, ask me to recite them. <laughs> epic memorization. So speakers are going to recite the entire New Testament from from New Testament from memory at a five day event being held in the United States. This special event is called the Great Recital. That's amazing. It's led by the Institute for Creation Research. And it will take place at the Institute for Creation Research Discovery Center from October 11 to 15. Mm-hmm. So Professor Tom Meyer, who is also known as the Bible Memory Man, will be one of the featured speakers there. It is the first of its kind event. No other time in church history has there ever been an event where all 27 books, 260 chapters, 8 thousand plus verses and 180,000 words are going to be spoken word for word from memory. Ooh. 
What if they make a mistake? Oh, then you've got to redo it, I guess. Start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. I would love to be a part of this. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I'll put my hand up. I'll go memorize a chapter. Uh-huh. I've memorized a few chapters in the past. Uh-huh. I should get back into it. It's uh-huh. so good for your brain. Um, some of the ones I did was First John 3, mm. Daniel 7, Matthew 5. I can't remember all the ones that I memorized. Mm. But some of them would come back pretty quickly. Uh, Revelation, I, Revelation 14. I fear I'm in the same boat. Oh, yeah. Like, because I've done Revelation 12, 13, 14, and it's like you have vague memories of like, you know, maybe four verses in a row or something, but to connect them all together, you need to just, you need to put a day in and then you got it. You're, yeah. you're into it. Yeah, you get back into it pretty quickly. Mm. It, you know, when, when I, when I think about the you know, memorization, and it was, it's, you know, whenever you do it, it is so good for your brain. It is just, uh, it's just a blessing. It just cleanses your mind mm. and, you know, fortifying it with the word of God. I, I would I would love to be a part of something like this. I'd love to just get up there and like, yep, from memory. I have a friend whose goal was to memorize the entire Bible and this was his hobby. And so he would, you know, you, you, you would see him when he had a bit of spare time, he'd pull out his Bible and be like, oh, yeah, I'm memorizing First Chronicles chapter 13, you know, <laughs> stuff like this. And I'm like, that's pretty random, uh-huh. but I'm impressed. I had another friend who memorized Romans and Galatians. Wow! And he had them memorized in a way where he you, you could give him a um, book, chapter, and verse, and he would tell you what it said. Mm. Oh, See, I memorized amazing. in the way that if I start at the beginning of the chapter, I could get to the you end. Get to the end, yeah. But if you ask me what such and such a verse in the middle of the chapter said, I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah, that's. So this guy had Romans and Galatians, and to hear him go up against a Calvinist. Mm. And just completely dismantle them because you'd be like, yeah, that was just absolutely a thing of beauty to watch. That's amazing. Actually, I just heard from producer Shell because the time changes. The event should be starting around now, right? Yeah. Yes. You're right. Tune in. Absolutely. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we're about to have another question for our quiz. Lawson's going to bring it to you. That number again is 0491064669. Lawson, what's our next question there? Our next question is simply this. Who wrote the book of Acts? Okay. If, if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And if you call or text that number, you'll go into the draw to win God Cares, the message of Daniel and the message of Revelation. These are incredible verse-by-verse Bible studies by C. Mervyn Maxwell on these books. If you would like, again, to enter this quiz, 0491-064-669. And that question was, who wrote the book of Acts? All right. Give us a call if you know the answer. But joining us on the phone right now is Jennifer Skews to talk about emotional health. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here again. Jennifer, before we get started on to today's subject and pick up from where we left off last week, just have a quick question because at the end of our last news segment, we were talking about this um, Bible memorization program uh, that's happening right now in the United States where people are getting together for five days and they're going to recite the entire New Testament. It's the first time it's ever been done in history from memory. And I'm just wondering, you know, Bible memorization, learning things off by heart, by rote, is this something that is healthy for the brain? Oh, I believe it's definitely healthy for the brain 
because the brain has a use it or lose it principle. So if we don't use the brain, the cells drop out and weaken. Um, and so putting things to memory and challenging the brain is a great way to strengthen the pathways and certainly keep the brain, as they say, like a bit more of a well-oiled machine um, because it needs to be used. Um, one of the other things with doing that is, of course, it can spiritually strengthen us, so I think that's a very important reason. Um, you can also put in new beliefs as we learn and read because when you memorise something you usually have to give it meaning to, to put it in the memory um, so that's an important thing um, there was another one oh, it also protects from dementia so the more you use your brain and keep challenge it and keep it well wired then um, it stops the brain deterioration so I think it's a powerful reason Um the other one I thought about was putting in new beliefs because when you read something and you think about it, because as you're reading and learning, it's giving you challenges about the way you think and what you truly believe. And I think that's a very important one as well. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's one of those things that is one of those areas in which, you know, I'm challenged by some of the other religions, like, say, for instance, Islam. When I've sat down with, um, you know, various um, sheikhs and imams and so forth and had a conversation with them and just been impressed by the fact they have the whole Quran memorised. Yes. And we in, yes. and we as Christians, we don't do that as a discipline in our colleges. Uh, but that's, no. that's, that's, that's a part of their faith. If you're going to be, if you're going to become, if you're going to aspire to one of those positions, then it's a requirement. You've got to sit down, you've got to memorise the Quran and you've got to pray five times a day. And yes. we can we can go through college. We can get a PhD in theology, having never never memorized a single passage of scripture or even prayed if we wanted to. Yes, which is a, a, when you look at it, it uh, <laughs> doesn't fit with what we're meant to be doing. Um, but also, it has to be meaningful to really make a change within. Because if you say the Quran, you memorize it, or the Bible. If it's just rote learning where it's just words that you remember and um, that's what you are happy with, then it doesn't really create a lot of change, but it will still challenge the brain to use it. Right. So I think making it meaningful and same with your prayer life, making it meaningful is powerful. It's an added, an, uh, added yeah. benefit to, uh, yeah. to memorization. Yeah, I know the Christians I know and what I do, I I put in, I memorise verses, very significant verses, particularly if it's um, strengthening me or helping me to cope with things. So other than memorising the whole Bible, I think at my time of life I probably couldn't do that. When you're younger, it's much easier to do. Um, but certainly understanding, it, like memorising the meaning. Like when you're reading the Bible, the fact that it's meaningful, even if you don't remember it word from word, I think that's important. So yeah. it's the message. Mm. No, that's fantastic. Thank you for commenting on that. I just um, we were covering that news story, so I, so I thought I'd ask about it very quickly uh, before we get back into uh, or picking back up from where we were, where we left off last week. Now, where did we leave off what last week, and where are we picking up today? Well, in fact, what we've just talked about is relevant because we were talking about addictions and habits. Yes. And addictions are habitual use that goes on to autopilot and we just do it automatically. So to get off of autopilot, we have to change the brain. 
we have to put in a new, um, I'm going to say, belief system because with addictions, you believe it's okay, you justify it, you believe all the lies around it, you think it's good for you, it's good for you emotionally. So that's where we have to change the brain, which is what we just talked about in, in memorizing Bible or Bible verses. So you need to understand the brain and how you can change it. And that, again, is what I do, not just with addictions, but with a lot of things. So any habit you want to change, then you have to bring it to conscious awareness, know what you want to change, and then there's the change process. So the brain, as we said, is neuroplastic, so we can put in a new belief system. So it seems to me then that um, Bible memorization would be a, a, a useful tool in the toolkit of somebody wanting to overcome an addiction. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of people have overcome addictions because they've come to to uh, either read the Bible or do the 12-step program and start to put in truth into their memory and that overrides and particularly spiritually gives them the strength to override the addiction. Um, And then there's good habitual things you can do. Like when you think of what of the addiction, like you think, say, it's alcohol, you think that first thought of having a drink is the first step to relapse. But if you consciously recognize it and then change that thought or distract yourself and go and do something constructive like read the Bible, memorize the Bible, you can do things, go into nature, do things to get the brain to refocus, then it's use it or lose it. That thought will start to diminish because you're not feeding it. It's mm. a feed or start principle. Mm. Mm. No, that's that's absolutely fascinating, and you know it never ceases to amaze me how our brain is so changeable. You know, there are other body organs where we really can't change what they do. You know, we can we can affect it, affect our body organs by what we eat, but we can affect our brain by the activities that we involve ourselves in. And the yeah, it's just what what an incredible organ. It is. It's amazing. It's still a highly unknown frontier science still knows minimal, it's like one of those uh, areas that uh, there's a lot to be discovered. Um, And this is where the Bible has a lot to say about the brain and the mind and how we use it. Um, And the brain, it's been created with the capacity to to remove some old wiring and put in new wiring. We never remove it totally. There's a residue of that habit. But if we start putting the thoughts in the mind, reprogram it, and that means sometimes help to do that, have things written down. You know, I get people to do journals, to write a list. Uh, like if it's changing the brain from addiction, put up all the consequences and read that daily because they don't want to do those things, but it's habitual. Mm. So they actually start to put in a new program. So the mind, uh, the brain and the mind are two. They're together, but they're separate. The mind is an expression of the brain. So what we wire into the brain, the mind picks up on. So if it's a good belief system, that's what it will be prompted. If it's a bad belief system, then that's what we will be prompted to do. So we want to change, but you've got to know what that belief is. A lot of people don't. I say, well, what are you thinking? I don't know. What do you believe? I don't know. So... I get people to connect with their thoughts because our brain is always thinking. It never stops thinking. It's a constant machine. Even when we go to sleep at night, the subconscious brain is more active at night than it is during the day. 
So our brain is always busy, but when we have peace, then that thinking slows down and we actually have thoughts that create, connect to the heart and we can feel that peace. We have peace of mind. That's something we have to work at because there's so much in this world to distract us and destroy it. As you know, like addictions are a prime example. Um, What we believe is what we think. So whatever my beliefs are is how I'm going to think. So if I've got good beliefs, the thoughts will be positive ones. Hence, memorizing the Bible with lots of good beliefs is a positive because Mm. we'll start using them. You can see how it works. Yeah, absolutely. And I find it interesting too, the the differentiation between the mind and the brain. I I think a lot of the time we just think about it at a surface level and assume that they are one and the same thing, but they are actually vastly different things. I mean, you can lose your mind, but we always know where your brain is. We hope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when people say, yeah, when we're told, oh, they've had what they call a nervous breakdown, it means the overload of stress was so great that their nervous system has been incredibly oversensitized and inflamed to the point that it it uh, short circuits basically. So when we lose our mind, it's really the whole nervous system is in shutdown or breakdown. Mm. Um, and this is why I work with the physical health. I go from body to brain because we're not just a brain. If we don't feed the brain and give it the right nutrients and that, then it can't work. You know, it can't do this process of changing. So yeah. it's important that uh, we do that. It's, um, but yeah. what you think is what you feel. And what you feel is how you behave or take action. And what you think, every thought you have resonates in every cell of the body. If it's positive, it uplifts the cellular chemical balance. If it's negative, one negative thought will start to drop out the cellular bar- balance, you know, that chemical balance in the cells. And I'm talking about every cell of the body. So if we don't like the way that we feel, so if we examine ourselves and like, I don't feel good right now, then we can actually can, change that by changing it. what we are thinking. Yes. So when you, you use your feelings as a barometer, so if I'm feeling sad today, I go, what am I thinking? And then I think, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about what happened back there. And, um, and that's fine. I can keep thinking that. But the more I think, it, the worse I feel. And then you can go into depression. So I can choose to change it because that, event I'm feeling sad about is no longer existing, or if it's something that I did, then I can correct it in the present. So this is where time orientation with the brain is important to be healthy. It's, um, so, all right, so let's say that you've got something where you are in a past event that you're thinking about that is making you feel sad, you know, and that's, of course, how we go into depression. Um, and you decide, well, I'm not going to think about that anymore. Isn't that a little bit like, you know, that, that, that silly thing that you do when you say, okay, I want everybody in the room to not think about carrots for the next 10 seconds so and, and they can't think about anything else? Okay. So this is where the meaning attached to the thinking is important. So if it's something that happened like the loss of a loved one, for example, of course that is sad, acceptance is a key factor. Of course, I'll feel sad about it, but I don't want to spend all day thinking about it. Um, And therefore, we go off and do other things and shift the focus, and it's okay to feel sad. So some emotions that we often consider negative, it's a normal reaction to an event. But if I'm feeling sad about something that is highly irrational, then if I look at why am I thinking that way, what do I really believe, and challenge that belief, I can change the feeling because your beliefs feed your thinking. Can we always tell that those 
feelings are irrational when we are having them? Do they? No. Right. So how then would we? How then would we decide whether they are rational or not? I find looking at consequences, and as you go, and this is, comes back to the conscience. There are things that we. I feel good today, therefore, da, 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 but we don't look at the reality um, or then we ignore things or we don't get things done because we felt so good and then someone is upset because we ignored it. So you've got to, it's like, it's okay to have those feelings, but I find checking them out and why am I feeling so good? Is it something I'm doing? Is it, am I, am I addicted to something? Because feeling, you feel good when, certain things happen because that makes you feel good, but you rely on that. So it's getting to know what is driving your feelings, I think, is important, and not many people do. They don't realise your thoughts create your feelings. So mm. listening to your thinking will tell you how rational it is. Are yes. the beliefs rational? I mean, how often have you felt good and done something, oh, what did I do that for? It felt so right, is often we tell ourselves. Yeah. But you learn yeah, learning from experience. Well, it wasn't right. When I felt that way and did it then, it didn't work. So the same thing can happen again. Mm-hmm. So we can learn, if that makes sense. It absolutely does, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us once again here on The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.